everyone. Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am a film critic for the website Quipster.net. I've been doing film reviews for 20 years now. You can read all of my work at that site. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net. Today I'm going to be looking at Ouija, Origin of Evil. And if you haven't seen the original Ouija from 2014, it's a terrible movie. I could not advise you any more strongly to stay away from it. But this happens to be a prequel to that movie of sorts. It totally works as a standalone film. You can watch this movie and never see Ouija and be completely content. In fact, you'll probably be more content if you do. It's a horror movie, of course. PG-13 rated because of disturbing images, terror, and thematic elements, and it runs an hour and 39 minutes. The cast includes Elizabeth Reeser, Annalise Basso, Lulu Wilson, and Henry Thomas. The director is Mike Flanagan, who also co-writes the screenplay along with Jeff Howard. Now, Ouija, Origin of Evil, is one of those franchise entries that many viewers will probably overlook due to the bad taste that was left in the mouth by its predecessor. And that's a shame because director Mike Flanagan has made a superior film in every respect to that god-awful first entry from 2014. Flanagan does not make a sequel so much as a standalone, really, prequel period piece. He sets the action in Los Angeles in the year 1967, where we find a widowed scam artist named Alice, who is working from home as a spiritual medium to try to make ends meet for herself, as well as her two misfit daughters, 15-year-old Lena and 9-year-old Doris. Now, inspired by a new board game of sorts that has spooked Lena and her friends at a party, Alice decides to incorporate this Ouija board, the spirit board, into her flashy seance showcase. But then things take a pretty weird turn when it ends up that the device seems to actually be a portal into the spiritual world, a real one, and one that might put the family in contact, perhaps with their deceased father and husband. Alas... Despite that good news, what they find on the other side is increasingly unnerving to them. And now, young Doris, who seems to be the most sensitive of the trio, is showing signs of becoming a conduit for malevolent forces that want to make the leap to the earthly realm. Now, while hardcore horror heads may scoff at these PG-13 levels of jolts, resulting in a film that's much more atmospherically creepy than downright horrifying, so if you're a hardcore horror nut who likes a lot of gore and really scary material, this is pretty mild stuff, I will admit, but nevertheless, I do think it's effectively entertaining enough from a surface-level standpoint. It's competently made by Flanagan, who is definitely a craftsman with a keen eye for mood and tempo and nifty camera work that manages to generate punchy moments of suspense throughout. Origin of Evil also benefits from very solid casting, especially in the young Lulu Wilson as Doris. She treads the line between a good girl adorability factor as well as a very unsettling menace in a way that transcends some of the more cartoony elements of the on-screen action to make this young girl both sympathetic and very menacing, depending on the scene. You know, for example, there's this really key scene in this film in which she really commands the screen 
as an actress, this veiled threat that she makes, her character makes, to Lena's potential beau about what it's like to be strangled to death. That is really a key scene in the film, and if you remember very little of the film a year from now, you'll remember that scene for sure. Also quite solid are the mother and sister portrayed by Elizabeth Reeser and Annalise Basso, respectively. They're very good actresses and definitely showcased here for their talent. And E.T. fans, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, you'll be delighted to see a very meaty supporting role going to a, a much older Henry Thomas now as Father Tom, the girls' Catholic school principal, who thinks there is definitely much more going on within their house and within Doris than meets the eye. Now, this film, just like the setting, it represents a much more classical approach to horror that seeks to unnerve us as viewers, much more so than to push the boundaries of gore to get its thrills. Obviously, a PG-13 rated film is pretty limited in this respect, but I do think that they capitalize on making an eerie film as well as they can here. It's an intentionally retro approach by Flanagan. He uses this old logo from Universal Pictures to introduce the film and then follows that up with a retro title sequences with vintage fonts and designs. There are even cue marks, you know, those little cue marks that appear in the upper right hand from time to time. If you're old enough to remember films projected onto the big screen, you'll remember those little oval dots that would sometimes appear from time to time. These things would signal to the projectionist that a real change is forthcoming during the days of film projected cinemas and they are put back in here to give you that feel of a film that was made you know presumably from the 1960s and while definitely from a bells and whistles standpoint it, it's already a step ahead of the game from the 2014 predecessor now i do th- want to say that while ouija origin of evil may be competent the film doesn't really do that much to break with the conventions of the genre it does have a very traditional demonic possession storyline that's going to be very familiar to anyone who has seen their share of fright flicks over the years obviously this is a pg-13 rated film trying to go for some of that younger demographic who may not as exposed to some of those R-rated fright fests. It's also very limited by typical horror film logic. You know, the last thing that anybody thinks of is to flee from the house immediately, as people might do in real life. They don't even bother to ever entertain the notion of calling the authorities. The family has no other loved ones to call. They don't have friends come over who aren't intended victims. There's this lack of a sense of history beyond whatever's necessary to set up particular scenes. The possession of Doris is ripped mostly from The Exorcist and many of its countless imitators. It's enhanced by not terribly seamless CG elements that are a bit too stretchy or rubbery in appearance to seem truly authentic or realistic or menacing. Reactions among the characters aren't always natural. They feign shock in order to keep the film becoming overwhelmed by some sort of serious-minded terror. Perhaps that might have landed it in an R rating if it were too realistic, or might have made it seem like a less entertaining film for those who were just going to have a good time. Nevertheless, I do think that Flanagan's compositional instincts on what to show, what not to show, when to make big reveals, and how to properly frame it all is the mark of a very adept filmmaker who is proven to be worth following in small but very successful gems like Oculus, which I gave a recommendation to, as well as Hush over the last couple of years. This is a rare, well-crafted, and tasteful, I might add, bump-in-the-night horror film in this age of cheap gimmick horror flicks, wanton jump scares, 
cacophonic shriek fest, and predictable copycatting of whatever happens to be the latest box office hit, Ouija, Origin of Evil, is not worth putting up there among the titles of the new art house horror that has critics abuzz such as The Witch or It Follows or The Babadook, but I do think that for a conventional old-school fright flick, it is certainly better then a follow-up to 2014's Ouija has any right to be. So I'm giving it a very pleasantly surprised three stars out of four. I thought for sure this was dead in the water. I was not looking forward to this film at all. And I came away actually feeling that I got my money's worth out of this one. So three stars out of four. And that means that it is worthwhile for those people who like this genre of movie. If you like your PG-13 rated horror films, this is about as good as just about any that have come out in recent years. So three stars out of four goes to Ouija, Origin of Evil. Worth a look if you want to see it at a cheap theater or a matinee or maybe when it comes out on streaming services. You know, if even if the first one left a bad taste in your mouth, check it out. It is definitely a much better film and will make you forget if you've seen it, the first one. And if you haven't seen the first one, it might make you want to go back and see it. I will strongly suggest you never do that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. I do want to say before I wrap up today that if you are a regular listener of this show, I usually give you all of the brand new films that I review into this podcast. However, I am slated to make a guest appearance on the In Session Film Podcast for this upcoming week, and we are going to be reviewing one of the more recent films that's getting a lot of critical acclaim out there called Certain Women. So if you want my take on that, it will be exclusively on the In Session Film Podcast. Look for it. Go to InSessionFilm.com for all of the details. Within a week, you'll hear that with me and JD and Brendan, and we'll also be taking a retrospective look at Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince as well. InSessionFilm.com is where to go to get all the details. If this is your first time hearing this show, though, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button if you haven't done so already. And if you've been listening a while, if you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to go to iTunes and leave a review or go to patreon.com slash quipster and leave a donation. All of that is greatly appreciated. Thank you, everyone. Until next time, I hope that you enjoy your time anytime you get to go to the movies. And if you go see Ouija, Origin of Evil, I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Quipster.net is where to go for all the details on how to contact me. 